Hey, welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast with me, Rob Kosberg. Every week, I interview thought leaders and experts who have used the book to grow their income and their impact. So tune in weekly for these interviews so you can learn how to use your own best-selling book and go from hunting for clients and opportunities to instead being the hunted. All right. Hey, welcome everybody. Rob Kosberg here for the Publish Promote Profit podcast. Excited to be with you today with our guest, Dan Nicholson. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Dan. Uh, Dan uh, fits what we do uh, to a T here, uh, not just because of his expertise, but how he uses publishing, a book that he has coming out, as well as a podcast and media that he's been on to grow his platform and uh, attract clients and make a difference in their lives. So uh, Dan's a lifelong entrepreneur, relentlessly curious. I love that. And hopelessly sarcastic. Good. Then we'll have some fun. Uh, <laughs> after completing a prestigious fellowship and working for some of the largest, most successful companies in the world, Dan gave it all up, started his own firm, a man after my own heart, where he was able to develop tools to help his clients and partners answer the one question all successful business owners are asking themselves, am I going to be okay? Very good. Through his financial certainty methodologies. Financial certainty is an unconventional way of looking at business growth instead of focusing on acquiring more. The focus is on getting closer to the things that actually matter to the business owner entrepreneur. Love that. First step to eliminating entrepreneur anxiety is decreasing the uncertainty around reaching your goals. And Dan has developed the tools to do just that, including the certainty app that helps small to medium sized business get the financial clarity that they need to achieve the success that they get. You have a book coming out called Seeking Certainty. Love that. And you host the Rigging the Game podcast. I love the name of that. So, uh, Dan, great to have you on. Thanks for taking some time yeah. with us. Yeah, super excited to chat with you today. So tell me about rigging the game. Where did that name come from? And uh, tell me about your sarcastic nature and how that fits into being a CPA. <laughs> yeah, well, I have this weird identity crisis where I have all these credentials that make me appear like I'm a CPA, but yet I actively try to avoid, well, I, and I am a CPA, I have no license, <laughs> but I actively avoid <laughs> trying to be referred to as an accountant. I know my wife is annoyed with me when she... It's like she had a bad dream or something last night where I did something inappropriate where she introduces me to to someone as an accountant. It's like, ooh, I, I did something wrong. <laughs> I'm in the doghouse. By telling people you're an accountant. <laughs> yeah, it's like a few months back, of course, everything is virtual. Uh, we had a parent-teacher conference for my oldest first, first grade, and of course, virtual. And uh, in like the back and forth of getting it scheduled, my wife introduces, says something like, oh, yeah, Dan, uh, Dan's an accountant. He owns an accounting firm. It's like, hmm, I did something. She knows I hate being referred to as an accountant. So I did, I did something. I could figure out, what that, figure out what that was. But so uh, I consider myself to be an entrepreneur. And uh, I happen to know a bunch about accounting. And am a recovering people pleaser and a recovering perfectionist. And in sort of the process of being both a people pleaser and being a perfectionist, that I used to think that if I just tried really hard and I did all the research, that I would get the results. And what I realized more often than not, that, that wasn't, there wasn't necessarily a direct correlation to effort and research and the outcome that you want. It's actually understanding the way that the system works. Every system's perfectly designed to create the outcome that it's generating. So if you know how the system works, then you can change the inputs to get the outcome that you want. So 
every system is rigged, in my opinion. It's designed to get the outcome it's getting. And so why don't I just reverse engineer it so that I get the outcome that I want? So I'm not talking about people here rigging the game. They think it's something nefarious. It's more about how do I make sure that I get the outcomes that I want, that I'm okay with. I love that. I love that. I have a buddy in the entrepreneurial space that loves to say to people that they should congratulate themselves because they are in the exact spot in their life that they have been working towards. And oftentimes <laughs> people hate that idea that yeah. they have actually, you know, created a system to uh, be whatever they are. If they're overweight, than that. If they're not financially set, then they're that. So that that's the system, yep. right? Yep. I 100% align with that. Yeah. Love that. I completely agree. I bet it offends some people, but you know, you got to rig the system in your favor. That's the whole idea. That's right. I mean, to me, business is a sport. It's a full contact sport. Yep. Uh, you make a lot of bets, right? It's almost like a gambling. And so if you're going to take all the risk and usually when I do public speaking, I typically end like this, which is basically like if you're going to take all the risk, uh, then what, you might as well play your game. Like otherwise, what's the point? Right. So if you're not getting the outcomes that you want, what's the point? It's time to time to kind of take a step back and figure out how, again, how to rig the game, how to, how to re-engineer things to get what you want. Absolutely love that. That's, uh, that's very cool. Tell me, you know, it's interesting. You're not a recovering CPA, but uh, a CPA that uh, doesn't like to be referred to as an accountant, right? So, so tell me, I mean, you've obviously rigged your system in a way that fits for you. And so tell me a little bit about what you do, how you do it, how you take the skills that you developed as a CPA and use them in such a way to really make a difference in business owners' lives. Yeah, I'm cursed with the need to uh, constantly ask why. Why is this happening? And so this is like this constant narrative that exists inside. And so for the last uh, almost 11 years, uh, one of my businesses is, a, is an accounting firm. So ironic that, that I don't like being called an accountant. What I realized almost 11 years ago is that 42,000 firms in the US, if you have 10 people, you're the 400 biggest firm. So almost everybody's working with a team of one or two. Wow. And most accountants are basically archaeologists. I say that lovingly, but they just dig up the past, right? They don't spend any time on the, on the future. And that the questions that almost every client and business owner are asking don't taxes. If you're an accountant, they're asking you tax questions or they're asking you bookkeeping questions, but that's not really why they're asking you that. People want to pay less in tax because they want more cash and they want more cash because they want to pay for the things that they actually want. If someone was paying a bunch in taxes, but it was getting them exactly what they wanted, they would care less about paying taxes, right? right. If I just wrote a check to the IRS and I got the car back that I wanted. Like, okay, cool. Not as big of a deal. It's that people are, feel like they're not able to get closer to the things that they want. And so that's sort of been this issue that I've been scratching at, which is how do I help people get closer to the things that they want? Uh, what is it that's really bothering them? It's this feeling of uncertainty. I heard this equation a few years ago that helped me crystallize it. And it said anxiety equals uncertainty times powerlessness. Mm. It's like, okay, there it is. I'm a math nerd. I can drop in financial and go, okay, financial anxiety equals financial uncertainty times financial powerlessness. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm helping people get more certainty around their finances and have more power over their finances so they have less 
financial anxiety. I know, by the way, every business decision is a financial decision. So if I help them have less financial anxiety, they typically also just generally have less anxiety. So accounting tax is just a tool for helping people solve that equation. And that's the fun part to me. I love that. I've always thought, and of course I've heard this, so it's not like I developed this myself, but I I have to remind myself sometimes, and I, I think very strongly that, you know what, if money can solve your problem, then you don't have a problem. You know, I mean, unless it's so big <laughs> that you don't have enough money to solve it. Yeah. Uh, but if money can solve it, then it's it's a problem that is solvable. And most business owners, I think, ha- a struggle with that idea, maybe because they don't have the money or they're operating in these small teams and are struggling with, you know, gaining what it is, as you said, gaining what it is that they that they really want from their business. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about Google Maps, for example, we have to put in our starting destination and our final destination. Otherwise, mm-hmm. the directions are wrong, right? If the one of those two is incorrect, <laughs> the nefarious thing that business owners do is that they, st- they start a business or businesses and with this initial objective that they want, maybe to make more, not have to work in a job any longer, or maybe it's some sort of legacy thing, but they skip fully defining the final destination. What are the things I'm really trying to fund? They might build a really cool vision board, But the problem is with the vision board is that that's still not a solvable equation, right? What we really need to do is take our vision board and take all those things and turn it into an equation, give it a date, give it a dollar value, right? If I want financial security, there's a dollar value to that. There's a date that I want to achieve it by 10 more hours per week. There's a dollar value to that. There's a date that you could achieve it by. And so we want to take all that stuff and make it a solvable equation because then we can figure out how much more we actually need to make. Mm. And once we know that, then we can stop with the whole more is the answer to everything. Right. 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 More clients is not necessarily the answer. If you want more free time with your kids, right? Like more. And you know, we could go on and on about that. But the problem is, is that the vision board either never gets made or it never gets turned into a solvable equation. And so then you're always trying to solve it with just trying to do more. Love that. Tell me, It sounds like that's kind of the beginning of your program, or at least one of your programs. Give me the steps. So you try to define the equation or help the entrepreneur. It doesn't even have to be an entrepreneur. Anybody needs to have a destination. So you try to define the destination. What are the steps of this process? Yeah, so you mentioned in my bio the Certainty app, and I I built this in part for people to be able to have a tool to create what I call their unique wealth algorithm. They're taking your vision board and turning it into a solvable equation. Um, Step one is understanding. We're trying to get closer. Closer is greater than more. So every action, our business exists to serve us, should get us closer to the things we want. So step one is let's write out all of our priorities and I bucket them into core, what I call core priorities and preference-based priorities. Core are the things everyone has, pay off debt, fund reserves, fund retirement. Or if you're an entrepreneur, you don't say retirement, you say, I want to have enough so I don't have to work. Doesn't mean I will, but they also call that empty money, but I don't know if that's appropriate for you. <laughs> so you got the core priorities and then you got the preference-based priorities, the things that are unique to you, whether that's more free time, maybe that's second home, boats, travel, uh, pay, travel, pay for your kids' college, weddings, whatever it may be. There's no right or wrong. Biggest hurdle in dealing with entrepreneurs is they try and solve problems as if they're binary. You know, but you can't go Google, should I grow my business? And get you could get a bunch of articles, but you're, you're not going to get necessarily the right answer. So 
there's a little bit of a rewiring. That's why I wrote, wrote the book to give people a different operating system, create the app is to try and show people there's a different operating system for how we process issues. We're going to bias closer over more. You ask me a question, should I hire someone? I go to, is that going to get you closer to what you want? Right. And then let's go through the math to figure that out. But is it going to get you closer or further away? And so we define all of those steps. We put a date and a dollar value. And then what we want to do is look at what do we have now? What are our current assets? What are our current bills? What's our current cash flow look like? And then we're basically doing the Google Maps thing to go, okay, based off where we want to go and where we're at now, how long is it going to take us to get there? Can we actually fund everything in the way that we've defined? Once we've done that, then we can figure out how to optimize. Right? So to me, once we've done the math, then we can go, okay, well, through tax planning, I can help you save 50 grand, 100 grand a year. How much does that cut off from the timeline to get you to the final destination? Maybe that solves the entire problem. If so, awesome. Sometimes that's the case. Sometimes it isn't. But then we look at, okay, we've done the tax optimization. We've done some configuration of your expenses, so on and so forth. Then how much more in sales do we need to generate? Right? And so people do the opposite of that. And when the answer is not readily apparent, then do the invert, do the opposite. So sales isn't necessary. We always just go to, I need more, more marketing. But what if we did the opposite? What if we just optimize what we had now? saw how far away we are, and then back solve for how much more we actually need to make. Yeah, I love that. You know, uh, coming off this crazy year uh, that we've all experienced, we decided back in March of last year as a company, Bestseller Publishing, to, yeah. uh, you know, pretty drastically cut our, our advertising and marketing. And in fact, last year, we cut it by about a half a million bucks. And I made more money last year then with less sales, but not significantly less, our, our sales dropped five to 10%. But because of that $500,000 cut in, mm. in marketing, I put more money in my pocket, even given the nuttiness of, of the last 12 months. And I think that's a, that's a great example. Of course, I backed into it and stumbled into it. I probably should have looked at the certainty app and had a conversation with you. And I, maybe I would have done it a long, long time ago. <laughs> So I love that. I, I am proof in that pudding right there. Well, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that's a really good example of how I call them na- naming the puppies. But I don't, have you ever got adopted a puppy before? Or, oh, mine! I love my, my dog is right behind me. I, I love my cool. dogs. <laughs> so you know, if you go down to uh, adopt a puppy, or uh, you look at Pet Finder or something like that, and you see the one that you want, and you give it a name, like that's your puppy, right? You're not leaving. What's your dog's name? Bob. Bob. So I love that. I love either serious names or like ridiculous names. So Bob is awesome. Our dog's name is Pickles. Nice. Love it. So, but you know, you give that dog a name, like you're not leaving without that dog. Oh, no. That's, that's your dog, right? Bob is coming home. Pickles is coming home with you. That's your dog. So many, we have so many puppies in our business of things that ideas that we had, things we bought, investments that we've made that they become ours. And we get anchored to them and we can't let them go. And it ends up costing us more. And if we could, I have this whole process called cash flow engineering that I, t- that I do for uh, cash for our clients and sort of once a, once a quarter going, we're basically looking for, that sounds bad when you carry the analogy through, but where are all the puppies you have in your business? We can get rid uh, of. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, you're getting rid of the puppies. <laughs> we're getting rid of the puppies. The metaphorical puppies that are... Um, 
but we have so many of them. Yeah. And marketing can be a good example of that where it fueled us for a long time. It was essential, but is it still essential? And what is the data actually telling us? We strategize next year without actually compiling and analyzing. Yeah. No, I love that. I Well, like I said, I'm a marketing person by nature. And I mean, obviously, that, that served me very well in my business. But it also, being the entrepreneur that I am, I always, you know, I do the ADD thing and I've got 11 different ideas for new ads and new campaigns. And I had all of this fat and fluff. And I would have never, you know, we cut it because we didn't know what would happen when the pandemic first hit. And then... You know, cut forty thousand in a month, and I'm like, wow, we we made about the same number of sales. Let's mm-hmm. cut it again next month to see what happens. And before sure. you know, we're like, I mean, geez, all of this was fat. I mean, all of this was a. These were my puppy projects, using your analogy, that sure. weren't really amounting to any real dollars in the company. Yep, love that. Let's shift gears for just a second. You know, there's kind of two phases to this. There's what's your magic and what do you do? And I love the stuff that you do. But then there's also how do you do it for yourself? And more specifically, Publish, Promote, Profit, the name of the podcast is, you know, how are you using content, your books, your podcast, uh, your appearances, et cetera, to, you know, make yourself more famous, right? Hit the thought leadership celebrity and, and attract people into your business. So talk to me a little bit about that because you do do a number of things to get your message out there. Yeah. Uh, when I first started the um, accounting firm about 11 years ago, I went to a bunch of networking events and I found that if I just introduced myself as some people, like, what do you do? And I'd say, oh, I own an accounting firm. It was like I just introduced myself as the most boring person in the room. Like, okay, cool. Got it. You're super boring. I'm going to go find somebody else because there's like an hour of this, right. this network. So I realized that I needed to do something different. And so I started introducing myself as a non-conventional accountant and or I would say business person. I, either one, people would be like, what is a non-conventional accountant or, or business person? People would just laugh because they're like, that's the most generic thing I've ever heard. Like business person. <laughs> When I was, uh, you mentioned the fellowship in my bio, when I was, did the fellowship of the board writing all the accounting standards, I was just out of college. I moved uh, the board is in Norwalk, Connecticut, uh, which is just right outside of Greenwich. It's like the second richest county in, in the U.S. Not a lot of 22-year-olds. So the dating scene, also pretty grim, right? You go out and you tell someone you're, write, you're writing an accounting standard. It's probably the least marketable thing, right? So I would say business person or something, but what, you know, what is that? So I realized that I had to, number one, differentiate myself in some way uh, where people weren't already pre-framed to some notion and then find a way to get my content out there in a way that people would listen to it. And so podcasts and speaking engagements and then uh, creating kind of an ecosystem around the book were all things that I start doing to differentiate myself. So I have these silly things like naming the puppy or something that I call the two Oreo principle, which is actually just about compound interest. Yeah. Let me tell you about compound interest. It's like, I could not be less interested in that. But yeah. if I say, let me tell you about my two Oreo principle. It's like most people like Oreos. What you got? So the way I've tried to amplify, I can get to more people. So the old networking face-to-face, that's a pretty slow process and it's pretty hit or miss. So I can get this, build the same types of relationships through content creation, as long as I convey things where I'm not, where it makes it clear that I'm different. 
So the more that I talk about being an accountant, the more that I talk about taxes, and I use just the conventional terms, the more people tune me out. Sure. The more that I come rebrand things, basically. So I have a whole set of principles, concepts. They're just a rebrand on concepts that you already know about, yeah. just with a story behind it. So that's sort of been my approach. And it all was informed by dating just out of college and then starting a business and having the same outcomes where people are like, got it, you're pretty boring. It's like, no, I'm only kind of boring. I'm not really boring. Just kind of boring. Give me a shot here. I love it. I love it. I love uh, love your take on things. Uh, very unique. I'm sure it's attractive to people. You know, tell me some, give me some results. Like, you know, how does your podcast help you with your business? To, you know, do you send people through a funnel of, of sorts? Are you on a regular basis, uh, you know, being contacted on social media? Hey, I need your help. Hey, I heard the two Oreo principle. I, I want to have a conversation about it. What, what's all that look like? Yeah, it's sort of a flywheel where it all builds on itself and intersects. So I try to be on a few shows a month. Um, sometimes it's a push to do it in a concentrated period of time if I have something coming out just to create uh, momentum. But uh, most of what my ad spend is uh, video view ad spend. And then retargeting. Right, exactly. So someone will watch typically three different videos that I have before I'll make any sort of offer to them. And that's just to try and my kind of people will listen to the longer, longer form, you know, three to five minute videos, longer episodes. But so I, I just offer a bunch of value, but it's my own version and it's something slightly different. Yeah. And then I'll make the offer. Um, reading the game. Like what kind of offer are you making? Is it, is it a, a free giveaway or is it something you're selling after they watch your videos? Good question. So I have the accounting firm at the nth degree CPAs. Yep. And then I have a business called Certainty You, which is a bunch of digital products that teach the operating systems and teach some of the strategies, some, some of which are tax strategies as well. But so it's a basically a digital product business. It also owns a certification program that we just launched where you can become a certified certainty advisor, basically. Nice know how to use my uh, methodologies and, and it's not just accounting specific. It's people want to hire a marketing person who's going to help them have, get closer to the things that they want. You want to hire a systems engineer that's going to get you closer to the things that you want. And then I have the app. And uh, so those are my main businesses and they actually all are interconnected, right? So if you come in, yep, exactly. So if you come into certain to you and you watch some of the stuff, eventually you buy the app because you want, to implement it. And then at some point you raise your hand and say, can I, can you just do it for me with your CPA firm? Or you come in with the CPA firm and I say, Hey, for us to best serve you, I need to get you set up on the app. And Oh, by the way, uh, here's some other courses and trainings and stuff that we do that amplify us working together in our CPA firm and so on and so forth. Um, so they're all interconnected. It's basically an ecosystem uh, ultimately around the idea of certainty uh, typically, I push people into Certainty You, cheaper products. We have a bunch of free resources. And so a lot of folks may either get a free resource or one of our cheaper products. It's like a $7, $49 product. And then they will show up to some of our live Q&As and then graduate to a more expensive program. And then eventually, they buy the app and become a client. So I'm typically pushing people into through my paid advertising into certain TM. Love it. Love it. 
Now, the book's not out yet, but obviously it's coming out. You have a plan for the book. So how are you going to use the book to grow your business, to attract clients, et cetera? What's your plan right now? So initially, we did a pre-sale of the book and sold about 2,500 copies. We used a tool called Publishizer. We actually set the platform record for most sales. And so I wouldn't be living up to my name or my brand of reading the game if I didn't make the game to make sure that uh, you know, Your book we, had momentum. Yeah. we had momentum on the book. And so you know way more about this than I do. So probably speaking out of depth, but I'm using the book in a few different angles. One is an authority piece. Ultimately though, I want to teach people the uh, methodologies. How do you create sustained financial certainty? Because then you're going to want to use the app or my CPA firm. I really try to push people to the app. So I actually built certainty you and I started writing the book because I wanted to sell the app. Yeah. Uh, the app is like the long-term home run play potentially. Yep. And so trying to get as, enough momentum on the book for people to know about what we're doing. So they're going to want to use the app. Love it. Love it. I'm sure you've seen free plus shipping funnels. Um, mm-hmm. That would be a great strategy. Uh, I don't know what, what's the cost of the app for it's 90 right now it's 97 bucks for a year. So you could run a free, a free plus shipping funnel, get people into the front end of your book you know, books free, seven ninety five for shipping. Then you could do a number of upsells, ninety seven bucks for a year as one of your upsells that directly connects to the content of the book is not that difficult a sale, and it's a great you know add on. Plus, you have a lot of other content that you could offer. Uh, obviously, an audio version of the book is a great upsell. Uh, my published Mo Profit book funnel. We've done about $3 million in the last 14 to 16 months just in that one funnel. And, uh, of course, that's not selling books, uh, although we have pushed probably 20,000 books in that period of time. But it's it's all the back end. And uh, our courses, but primarily our done-for-you services, which is, I guess, akin to your accounting. So if you haven't thought about that, you totally should. It would be a great fit for you. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, my pleasure. I think that that... I know it would work. It's a great offer with the stuff that you're doing. And the app sounds exciting. Uh, I'm actually going to go on and get it myself. So you'll have to tell us where to get it and all, all of that. So, uh, you know, sure. if that's where you want people to go, then that's uh, that's the place they should. And I bet from the standpoint of, um, you know, getting like a great degree of being able to do it yourself, the app must maybe take a minute and describe what the app is and and what I'm going to engage with when I go buy it after this podcast. <laughs> Yeah. So the idea of the app is that it's, as far as I know, the first app of its kind that connects your personal priorities and finances with your businesses. So step one is defining your unique wealth algorithm. One of the things you're trying to fund. So setting up all those priorities, your core priorities, your preference-based priorities, connecting your bank accounts and different assets, cash flow. So you can see in a dashboard, am I getting closer or further away from funding all those priorities? In other words, can I hit those targets? And if not, how much additional cash do I need to make each year to be able to hit those dates? And if you change the dates or you add new priorities or up, you know, maybe you thought you wanted a half a million dollar house, now you want a $750,000 house, how does that change how much you need to make? So that's the personal side. And then uh, on the business side, new things that we're rolling out, connect your businesses. And you can see how implementing some of the strategies, uh, re-engineering your cash flow, so on and so forth, will generate more cash for you. And by having more cash, how does that impact 
your timelines, your dashboard of your priorities. Love so we're connecting, showing uh, the changes, tweaks you make to your business to easy, actually getting you closer to funding those priorities. We think they are, but maybe they're not. Yeah. Um, and so you'll be able to see line items of how the changes impacted your, your timeline. Well, I, I love it. I, I'm sorry. I'm excited about it. I love the idea. Obviously, look, I have financial advisors. I have a CPA I've worked with for a long time. And I have a pretty successful, you know, multi-million dollar business. But, you know, taking the time to really figure out, okay, you know, what do I want? I mean, I'm 56, so I'm not a kid. So it's like, okay, you know, I, I'm not looking to retire or sell everything. But, you know, you do want to have a deadline on some of this stuff, right? Yeah, and it's not to say that those deadlines are fixed. The reality is that we move the goalposts. Someone might think that, oh, this is all that I need. I've got it. And then six months, I call it voting with your money. I went through this exercise, uh, well, numerous times with one person in particular who told me, oh, my number one priority is that I want to pay off my uh, farm, family farm. I want to pay it off. Okay, cool. Uh, we go through the whole exercise of optimization and we show her, okay, here, we can actually generate enough cash, redirect what you are going to pay to the IRS, you can pay off your farm. So let's execute that. She said, well, actually, what I want to do is move to California. <laughs> cool. No right or wrong. But the exercise of actually getting your priorities and then showing you how you can fund it, and then you have to actually vote with your money and take the next step, gives you the clarity of what you really want. Right. We think we know, and sometimes we're right, but more times than not, when we actually go to cash the check, we realize that's not what I want to do after all. Yeah. So being able to see it, visualize it is key. Dan, great stuff. Uh, great stuff on both ends. I love what you're doing to uh, drive uh, growth for your business. Uh, I love what your business is as well. Very, very needed. Most entrepreneurs are like herding cats. I'm sure you know that better than me. Uh, so tell us, where can people get the app? Where can they learn more about you? Uh, where, where do you want to direct us? Yeah, shockingly, I was able to get the domain certaintyapp.com. So uh, if you want the app, certaintyapp.com is the place to go. And a ton of new features coming out. Some I'm really excited about. New thing called virtualized bank accounts where you can take one account, but make it look like you've got five or six based off risk buckets. So if you're trying to do something like profit first, it's a more efficient way to do it without opening 20 accounts. Um, so a bunch of stuff going in there. Love that. I, I got a buddy that does profit first and he's just so annoyed by having to have so many bank accounts rolling at the same time. And quite honestly, that's why I chose not to do it. Uh, so that's good. I've got my own angle on it. I call it dynamic bank accounts. And the idea is that you set specific rules for how much you want to have in those accounts. And then I want to have three times average payroll. And so then as your payroll goes up, that amount you need to have in the reserve, that target goes up. And so then you can use the app and those rules to figure out how much can I actually afford. And so if I'm underfunded in my payroll reserve, maybe I can't afford to hire someone right now. So I'm trying to use the bank accounts. I'm trying to do two things. I'm trying to use virtual bank accounts for decision-making. There's uh, something called the mental accounting bias that says, if we don't do this, we're going to violate basic economic principles. So trying to use the reserves or the virtualized accounts to tell me what I can and can't afford to do, and also for it to prevent bad things from happening. So it tells me not to do something before I do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you want profit to first things. <laughs> yeah, profit first um, is one of those things where you have to be super disciplined about it. Otherwise, the bad things will happen. Right. That's not necessarily 
a system that's perfectly designed to create the outcomes that you want. Right. Since most entrepreneurs are not specifically perfectly disciplined with things. <laughs> yeah. You look at something like Colby A index, if you're familiar, am, yeah. most entrepreneurs are not high on follow through and high on fact finder. No. We're high on quick start or, or maybe implementation. Well, guess who tends to do really well at profit first? People who are really high follow through, high fact finders, not most entrepreneurs, super rigid structure. So you got to meet people at their point of need, design a system based off their disposition. Otherwise, they feel a bunch of shame because I should be able to do this. Everyone else is doing it. Well, no, the system just doesn't work for you. Mm. Do a different system. Love it. Great stuff, my friend. Thank you. Uh, so certainlyapp.com, anything else you want to give them or is that the best place for all of us to, to start? Uh, you can go to CertainTU as well. We got a bunch of free resources there. Great. CertainTU.com, CertainTyApp.com. Love it. Hey, thanks for taking some time with us. Great insights. Love your sarcastic wit. And I'm going to check out your <laughs> podcast too. So uh, right on. thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure.